0: Hey, this is uh, comedian Paul Mercurio, and you're listening to my buddy, P.F.'s Tape Recorder. He's the man.
1: Hello there. I'm P.F. This is my tape recorder. Coming up, comedian Brian Callan speaks his mind. I get to talk to guys who are way smarter than I am,
0: who've written books and really thought about these questions. And really thought about tackling problems. Ignorance is not bliss. If you're ignorant, you are part of the problem. We
1: we'll hear more from Brian in just a few minutes. It's another edition of It's Facebook, Not Factbook. But first, as always, fake news. And now fake news with me. The nutrition labels on the backs of 700,000 packaged foods are getting a proposed makeover that will make calorie counts more noticeable, serving sizes more realistic, and added sugars more obvious, and a move spearheaded by First Lady Michelle Obama in a move to combat obesity. Conservatives have been strangely quiet over the government actions as they all just got together, ordered pizza, a couple of two-liters, and proceeded to pour over the just-released Clinton papers. I think they all did each other's hair, too. Ben & Jerry's has just solved the most annoying thing about eating ice cream. The company's new ice cream packaging ensures that you get a perfect scoop every time. They will tackle the next most annoying thing about ice cream by making a flavor with little bits of Tylenol in it. American Airlines no longer offers emergency or bereavement fares, it announced quietly on its website this week, adding that it does offer customers flexible fare options when booking last-minute travel for a variety of reasons. It'll still charge you for the deceased as a passenger and a baggage fee for the coffin. A verdict has been reached in the civil lawsuit filed against Lisa Kudrow by her former manager who claims he is owed residuals from her days on Friends. The jury awarded the plaintiff $1.6 million for past and future economic losses or just under two episodes pay for Kudrow. They, They made a lot of money on that show, especially toward the end. Arizona Governor Jan Brewer announced Wednesday that she has vetoed SB 1062, the controversial bill that has been criticized as discriminatory towards gays and lesbians, saying the measure has the potential to create more problems than it purports to solve. Proponents of the law said it wasn't an anti-gay law, pointing out that, for example, a Muslim could deny goods and services to a Christian. (laughs) Yeah, that makes it so much better. And finally, Bill O'Reilly told... (laughs) President Obama advisor Valerie Jarrett on Thursday that if the White House is serious about implementing their new program to help strengthen minority communities, they need to, quote, attack the source of the problem, which O'Reilly said is obviously Jay-Z and Kanye West. Yeah, why can't Jay-Z and Kanye be more like this guy?
0: To be ever vigilant not to let a Chicago communist-raised, communist-educated, communist-nurtured, subhuman monger like the acorn community organizer
1: he's such a sweet man by the way earlier in that same interview he said this
0: we would like to apologize to the heroes of the military for bending over since world war ii and allowing a commander-in-chief who is the enemy of the u.s military
1: Says the man who literally crapped his pants, he told that to High Times Magazine in 1979, literally crapped his pants, did not uh, clean himself for a week before he went in for his physical when he was drafted, so he could get out of military service in Vietnam. Yes, Ted Nugent, he's a fine American. And that's been Fake News with me. So many good topics for the dumb bit this week. You know, the Arizona SB 1062 law, which, by the way, if you're going to pass a law that says you can disc- discriminate against homosexuals uh, because it's against your religion and you're defending religious freedom, are you not then inviting in that Sharia law you're also scared of? Because couldn't somebody just say, well, I'm just obeying Sharia law. That's my that's my religion, so I'm going to do that and, and and do all kinds of things that you're, you're not going to like. Anyway. But uh, I'm not going to do that because a lot of people covered that uh, uh, particularly well, including Stephen Colbert and uh, John Stewart over there to The Daily Show. Now, uh, what I thought I would do instead is another edition of...
0: It's Facebook, not Factbook.
1: Yes, uh, I was on Facebook the other day, and uh, Tim Slagle, friend of the show, as, as you know, um, more of a conservative mind... Uh, stand-up comedian, but uh, a good guy. We can always have a good conversation with Tim. Tim's not nuts or anything, and he actually says he's more of a contrarian. If there were more uh, uh, conservatives around him, he, he told us on the last time he was on the show, he probably would be more liberal-thinking. He just goes the opposite of whatever way the stream is going. Okay, so I'll buy that. And so he posted uh, a link here, and it goes to uh, one of the CBS uh, uh, affiliates there in Washington, D.C., and it says, the news story says, a study 33,000 jobs impacted due to Obamacare's medical device tax. Wow! It got a lot of traction on that. A lot of people commented on it. Immediately, my bull**** detector went off. And uh, I'm looking at it, and uh, you read it, and it says the report comes from the Advanced Medical Technology Association following an online survey of member companies last year. No, wait, wait, a trade association is upset there's going to be a new tax on the member businesses? And it has a study that proves how horrible it's going to be? I'm shocked, shocked to find there's gambling going on in this institution. Okay, so I, I dug down a little bit into this thing, and I found uh, you go down a little bit in, into this, and uh, one of the member companies uh, that is quoted is uh, a group of folks. It's called the uh, the Zimmer. Uh, what is it exactly called here? Zimmer Industries and uh, Zimmer Incorporated, and uh, it it's announced that they uh, are laying off. Uh, well, it's supposed to be thirty three thousand from all these member companies, and uh, they're laying off forty to fifty. And although they're calling it uh, uh, transformative initiatives, transformation initiatives. They're not, they're not really blaming uh, uh, Obamacare for that. And because uh, they've done this before, back in 2006, they laid off 5% of their workforce just to realign, just to you know to keep things in order. No Obamacare in sight back then, laying people off. Okay, and then it gets better. Uh, I looked up to see who, uh, who else might be mixed up uh, in the uh, this trade association. And, uh, oh, look, there's a, a, endogastric solutions of San Mateo, California. Well, guess what happened to those kids? Uh, they and a bunch of other medical device manufacturers were caught paying back doctors, giving them kickbacks to recommend their medical devices, and had to pay, well, uh, this particular room had to pay uh, a fine of 5 0.25 million dollars, according to the San Jose Mercury Press. So I'm thinking, maybe you know, they, um, you know, while they're all realigning and watching their pennies and stuff over there uh, at the medical companies, maybe uh, to help kind of pay the tax, instead of like laying people off, like they're pretending they're doing, and I don't think they really are. But instead of doing that, maybe you take the money that you were paying the doctors in kickbacks, and you kind of push that toward the tax. Because you're going to make loads and loads of money over the fact that more people are going to have insurance, are going to be required to get these medical procedures. Uh, in Zimmer's case, it's artificial knees and things like that. So um, you know, just just an idea. And again, you, if you're thinking, "Hey, PF," now you're you're just you're just picking on this because you saw it in Slagle's Stream and you knew it'd be some kind of conservative nonsense. Well, my buddy Greg, who's a drummer in a band here in Cincinnati, uh, posted a thing about Tom Delay, and uh, let me see if I can get it up here. Uh, and it's a little meme, and it's a, a picture of delay, and he's saying Americans have forgotten that God created this nation, and He wrote the Constitution, and that it's all based on biblical principles. And it looks kind of like a sketchy meme, and I, you know, I'm gonna look this up before I really. Re- and and you know, sure, Tom Delay would never. God created this nation. and He wrote the Constitution. That it's based on biblical principles. Huh. Well, sometimes it is factbook. How about that? But remember, usually it's not. Wait, what is it again, Lizzie?
0: It's Facebook, not Factbook.
1: Brian Callan is a stand-up comedian you've seen on Mad TV and dozens and dozens of sitcoms, including, uh, notably, Frasier, which we discuss at the beginning of the interview, as well as uh, a bunch of episodes of How I Met Your Mother. Now, I have to apologize, uh, I did this on Google Voice, and it's what our friend Big Jim Lugers of the uh, Big Pretty Podcast calls one of those Skype disasters. It was worse than that, actually. Uh, Google Voice didn't help, but I think it was mostly the fact that Brian just didn't have a clear cell signal, and he was taking time out of his very, very busy schedule to talk to us. and I almost. Didn't use the interview for the podcast, but uh, it was such a great talk, um, I figured you guys could excuse coming to the truck. It's just like talking on your own cell phone, right? So anyway, uh, with apologies for the uh, kind of uh, sordid audio quality, here's our interview with Brian Callen. Hey, joining us on tape Recorder is Brian Callen. Brian, how you doing? I'm just a man, my friend. I'm just a
0: man. I'm excited about coming to uh, hmm. Minneapolis. Great town.
1: Oh,
0: By the way, very cool. Am
1: I going to freeze my ass um, off? Well, I'm in Cincinnati, so I'm not sure. I would have to Google that. Okay. If you, were no com- if you were coming to Cincinnati, you, you would be, yes. It's going to be 25 yeah. degrees tomorrow. Ah, Cincinnati. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now we, we spoke about two years ago, and I didn't realize this until uh, a couple of months ago, but uh, you are a, a big name in our household because you are were a guest star on our favorite episode ever of Frasier. Of what? I say again? You were you were a guest star on a ninety sitcom.
0: Uh yeah, well. well Carlos Fraser, and yeah. Yes sir. Yes sir I was. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes.
1: Yes, yes that's mm-hmm. uh yeah, every uh, every sitcom has that one episode you can point to and say, Wow, that's like the best episode and, and, and that was <laughs> it. And uh and uh it you were very part. Yeah, did um, I was curious, just kind of indulge me. Did they come seeking you and say, hey, you know, you've been on Mad TV, you can kind of do funny voices and stuff, um, you know, nope. uh, or did nope. you just try out for? it?
0: No, man, it's it's always an audition, you know, it, it never gets easier. You're, you're, ah. I just came from an audition. I was late to this interview because I was in an audition, and you're really, you know, it's really about what can you do for me right now in this moment, ah. and um. And that's that's you know that's what it is. I mean, you you, you it never gets easier. I have to I have to say it, it's always it's always kind of one of those things where you know you you just you've just got to be um, uh, uh, the best guy in the room, you know. Because every project is different, and uh, you know some people can get to a point where they do well enough in one high profile thing where you know they'll they'll uh, they'll give you your movie or your TV show. But let me tell you. If you don't do well, you know, you're back to square one. There are a lot of people I see in in audition rooms who are big stars at one point and are now right with me, you know. um, So it's an interesting job in that sense. There's no no job security, I'll say that much.
1: And the other thing, too, I guess I've always heard is they say a lot of times the the casting people and directors, they already kind of know what they're looking for. And if you don't get it, it's just that you weren't right for it. It's not that you were necessarily, you know, did a bad job well, or anything. Well, no, that's that, that certainly
0: that's that's what we tell ourselves. But you know, there, huh. the truth is that, that great actors change change minds in the room. You got to go in there and change somebody's yeah. mind. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. That, that's a handy tip yeah. then. Um, now, one thing yeah, we didn't really discuss it, last time we spoke. Um, yeah. No, go on. Okay, uh, we, we said, um, I didn't realize you had you'd actually uh, grown up uh, overseas until you were about 15.
0: Uh,
1: yeah, in uh, seven different countries. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is, um,
0: so I'm curious. how why, why I'm a comedian, because yeah? I was bounced around in so many different countries. You know, India and Pakistan, and Greece and Saudi Arabia and Lebanon and the Philippines. And I think I was put into, you know, an entire entirely new situation, a bunch of strangers. And the way you get guys to like you is by being good at sports and being a jackass, make them laugh. And, um,
1: <laughs> there
0: you I was pretty good at sports, but I was way better at being an idiot. And so now I get paid for it. it's, it's, it's a weird thing. And now I still travel. Or I still get up in front of a bunch of people. I still make them laugh. And it's so second nature to me that I realize I've been doing it. Since, as you know, literally since I
1: can remember. No? Yeah, I was going to say because you know a lot of people that grow up in America kind of same thing. You know, you you the way to fit in is to 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 joke around. Was it harder doing it overseas, or were you mostly for American audiences, I guess, as it were, in schools, or was there an international component to it? Did you have to, you know, also endure it was, yourself it was, a little bit? a little bit
0: of both. It was a little bit of both. But look humor is universal, human beings relate to each other with comedy, if you think about the times you have with your friends, it's the times you laugh, you know, that's what's so beautiful about stand-up comedy, to do it on a professional level is such a privilege, because that's what we stay alive for, think about the times whenever you want to be around somebody, why? It's two reasons, either, we, either you want to have sex with them, you want to learn from them, but you want to laugh with them, okay? That th- those three yeah. things are always in rare supply: sex, learning, and laughter. So you know, uh, uh, and and so most of us choose laughter. It's why Will Ferrell makes that much money. He cracks us up in whatever he does, and we want to see him. So, kind of
1: yeah. way it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, do you think that all, like being in other cultures or anything like that kind of? Ha- help formulate your, uh, kind of, your, your voice overall as a comedian, or you just kind of just, you, you, you'd be a, a jackass in, in any environment?
0: Probably, um, probably because I, because remember, like, when, in the United States, when you get in front of an audience, it, there there are a lot of different colors in that audience. It's not a white America. It's not a oh, yeah, homogenous, sure. it's a melting pot. So, yeah. I to got back from New York City, not a good example actually because it's so rich now that it's primarily white. But when I'm in Be- and, and when I'm anywhere like Vegas or, or Los Angeles or even you know even cities you wouldn't think you know like like Kansas and things like that you know Kansas City, it is a mixture of different cultures, different belief systems, and different kind of spaces, Man, so. I love that, you know, I personally love it, you know, people always worry about immigration and stuff, that's what this country is, I like it, the messier the better, the browner the better, the chaotic, the more chaotic the better, it's what makes our country great, it it really is, I'm sorry, but it's true, and stand-up is, what's beautiful about stand-up is kind of to be a mouthpiece, it's a democratic mouthpiece, I'm kind of, uh, it's the last bastion of free speech. I don't have to be politically correct, which I don't believe in. I don't have to do anything. I can just speak my mind, and as long as it's funny, I get away with it. So it's it's, a, it's really nice to, to feel that free.
1: That's cool. Um, and we'll going and toward that end, I guess, uh, is that why you've embraced podcasting? Because you're on like a million podcasts. <laughs> Now you have your yeah, own man, I, got, I, got,
0: I got I got the Brian Cowan Show, where I interview authors and yeah. historians and academics and then comedians. Then I got the 10 Minute Podcast, which is, uh, you know, with Will Sasso and Chris Leah, who I think are two of the funniest people on the planet. And then I got, and that's just a ten, literally what it is, the a 10 Minute po- Podcast, three 11 year olds in a treehouse acting like jackasses. And then I got The Fighter and the Kid with Brendan <laughs> Schaub, who is a UFC contender heavyweight we talk fighting. I'm a super fan, and he's uh, obviously a a guy who's not only an expert, but actually is currently fighting on a very high level. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool.
1: And uh, a million TV shows we see on the TV all the time. Do you find it's it's like the polar opposite because you go from one environment where people have a very specific vision and want you to do something a certain way to the point where you can go on and do whatever you want? Uh, you know, with no notes, uh, is, is that a nice you know? Um, uh,
0: it's all part of the same engine, man. You know, I don't even think about it that way. I just, you know, it's all it's all about self-expression, and I'm I'm lucky enough. I'm so lucky to be able to do, express myself, you know, without any censorship. You know, how weird that it it's incredible. I get to say what I want how I want, when, in front of whoever I choose, and, by the way, get paid really well for it. So it's never lost on me sort of what a a privilege this is, how lucky I am to do it, man. And, by the way, not to be a jerk, but I'm really good at it. So it's also nice that I've I've had the luxury of practicing for long enough to be that good at something I love and get paid for it. So, you know, it's all the same, man. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm I'm recurring on The Goldbergs right now. I play a gym teacher. It's hilarious. I don't really like wearing the very tight blue shorts because I'm a gym teacher in the 80s, but it's so fun and so silly, and and in a way to get paid to use my imagination and to be a silly goose. I, I'm a, basically a highly paid silly goose. It's pretty cool. Yeah, so, it's all
1: I don't we, know. When we spoke last time. You said the reason. When we uh, spoke last time, you said the reason you got the the Mad TV. G- it said the re- when we spoke last time, when you uh, we were talking about Mad TV, and you said you got the gig just because you were a, a silly goose and were able to come in and do a couple of things. So I yeah, thought that was kind of a, a funny description. Yeah, that's it.
0: That's that's really
1: um, how I feel. So, uh, now on the on the Brian Callen show, I guess you get to uh, discuss a, a lot of topics that are of interest to you beyond humor. Like I was listening. The, the latest episode talking about big pharma.
0: Yeah, and uh, right. do you
1: like the chance to get to explore those kind of things, or? Uh,
0: is, very much, very a- much so because I get to talk to guys who are way smarter than I am, who've written books and really thought about these questions and really thought about tackling problems. And I think that I think that you know, ignorance is not bliss. If you're ignorant, you are part of the problem. And what I try to do is, I have a lot of young listeners, and what I try to do is is inspire them and get them to start asking the right questions, start recognizing the the difference between the signal and the noise, to to, to steal Nate Silver's expression from his great book. You know, there's a lot of noise out there. you got to know, you got to be able to find the truth in it you got to know where the threats are. You see, it's one thing to say, well, big farm is evil or big government is evil, but you got to know specifically what that means. What kind of evil are we talking about? It's very, very important to be able to be specific about your philosophy. And yeah. that, by the way, that lends itself to humor, but there's a lot about the world that is not a laughing matter, right? Uh, yeah, and, exactly. And, and mainly that that the things that we take for granted – like um representative government, property rights, the scientific method, those things can be taken away from us or hijacked for the wrong reasons. So you know, not to get too lofty here. It's not I don't know. something I no. talk about But that's that's kinda of what I love about doing the podcast. I get to talk to guys like Jared Diamond who want to pose a prize for guns, germs and steel. I mean he, how much fun is it to talk to him and joke I would talk to him about Cannibalism. I mean, he was living with cannibals in, in Papua New Guinea, and he talked about how they eat people. You know, I mean, I, I, th- today I had William Bernstein, who's a guy who wrote a bunch of books the four pillars of investing wisdom and stuff, and he was talking about why the camel, the camel, has a lot to do with why the Middle East is not is didn't didn't stay in step with the with the West because the camel allowed them to kind of create small tribes and go into the into the desert be alone and not be persecuted and stuff, and it created, like, really traditional, small, tribal mentalities. But anyway, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it, it, it's just cool that you have somebody throw your thought paradigm into a, a whirlwind, and you're like, whoa, I thought this was true, and now I'm realizing this is true. You know, that's what's great about the podcast.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I, I you'd mentioned in the episode I heard today, or maybe uh, you, whoever you were interviewing or your co had said that you were you kind of consider yourself sort of uh, a libertarian, and I don't know, but I, that didn't quite strike me. I don't know. I, you do want to throw out these labels or easy to throw out, but it kind of seems to me that people are kind of those labels are just starting to fall a little bit, and people just as a whole are starting to become just more suspicious of big systems. Be they a government or a corporation well, maybe, or a, because a church, it has, because it
0: comes because it comes from feeling like you don't have a voice. You know, um, yeah. That that's, that the country was founded on the notion that government is a necessary evil. You do need government, my God. When I'm on a plane, I, I'm I'm glad there's an F, there are FAA standards that are going to make sure this plane doesn't crash. So there's a checklist when I, when my daughter. Um, six out of a cup, I, I'm glad that maybe the government's taking steps to make sure that, that the paint on the cup is not full of blood, etc., etc. So so you, there's, yeah. there's a balance here that we need to strike. So when I throw around words like libertarian, you, you know, I just did a podcast with this guy, Dr. Bernstein, who, who kind of, as he was talking, I realized I'm not such a libertarian. I mean, there are very, very responsible roles for a central authority. And I don't want to live in, in chaos or anarchy, but but you got to, what I what I preach is is maximum individual liberty. I I, I I don't understand why marijuana I don't even smoke it. I don't understand why it's illegal. I don't understand why uh, somebody has a problem with two men or two women who, you know, like each other want to get married. I don't really care. You're not threatening my marriage, man. Exactly. Their own all- their own path in life, and let them be responsible to the choices they make. A lot of people are idiots, and if they want to drive their car into a wall, let them do it. But I'm not going to bail them out necessarily. So that's kind of where my philosophy lies, right? It's important not to try to control other people, and we all want to do it. We all want to do it. anytime Anytime you get a politician in government, I don't care who he is, Barack Obama's not a bad guy. I voted for the guy for God's sake. But not because I would agree with his philosophy, but I like his I like his social policy, but 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 I disagree with a lot of what he has to say. But but you know, the problem with a guy like Barack Obama or someone like that is that like anybody who gets into a position like that, you want to fix problems. You have your idea of how to fix that problem. I happen to believe it should be fixed with a free market sort of individual sort of, you know, grassroots way, and he has a different idea. So Who's right? I don't know. i not. That's not. That's not up to me. I have my own point of view on that. But, but I guess. I yeah. guess that's. So. So you know, it's important. I guess the podcast and the message I'm trying to say is it's important to formulate your own political philosophy and, and your own notions of what, what is properly right and wrong. I guess. This is very. When
1: yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's cool. Um, so when it comes to being on stage, did you kind of take some of that stuff to the stage with you, or is it more of the silly goose no, stuff? No, for
0: as, I, as I'm talking, I'm realizing I don't talk about any of this stuff. I talk about my dad, my mother. I talk about, you know, I basically talk about what it's like to be a man in a uh-huh. world where testosterone and masculinity is an anachronism, where it's it's really not very relevant. My my aggression, my um the fact that I practice, Pops and it's, to, it's not relevant. The fact, the fact that I go hunting and shoot deer and I got a bunch of deer meat in my freezer is not very relevant to modern day society. We're so automated and, and, uh, you know, that in a way to be a caveman, and I think I'm half a caveman, is is basically inappropriate and I'm made to feel ashamed of it. But I guess my stand-up is a holler. It's kind of like a, I'm kind of howling in the wind the idea that you yes something cheesy like I am man hear me hear me squeak you know that's the idea man
1: yeah um so I mean do we get to did you uh I don't I've seen some of the stuff you know you were talking about uh exercising the the one time you uh uh, regimen there and uh um but is it it involving kind of characters and stuff do you get to do any of the uh, impressions you used to do on TV or is that kind of a, a thing of the past
0: yeah, you know, I can do impressions. I'm kind of good at it. I've always thought impressions were a little hacky, unless you're as good at them as my friend Frank Caliendo, who's amazing. You know. Oh yeah. Otherwise, it, otherwise it feels like a trick, and I, I don't usually do impressions. I'll do Christopher Walken as a as a bunny rabbit or a, a sparrow oh. or a pigeon. So I'm going to do if I'm going to do an impression, it's going to be something really weird and off the wall.
1: Ah, okay, very cool. Um, and so, with all these things that you're uh, involved in, with of course the TV and the podcasting, is is there some uh, big project that you have that you would really like to to, to take on, or something that kind of a kind of a dream gig still out there yet?
0: Yeah, I'd love to be on a TV show like Breaking Bad or or something like that. I mean, I, the TV is really it's the golden age of TV right now. So I'd love to do something a really good show. I, I'm I'm about to do my next special. I'm writing a script. My dream would be to see that get made um, the way okay. I want it to be, maybe. That, that kind of stuff. But, you know, this business is crazy. So we'll see what oh, yeah. we're we'll the many Known ones. for
1: comedy, but maybe taking a serious turn and really... What's that?
0: I'm just never going to stop doing stand-up. I love it too much.
1: And maybe... <laughs>
0: that's a positive.
1: Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And again, it's another thing, I guess, that comes down to the freedom thing, like you said, That's along with the podcasting, is that, you know, there's... You really have the only, um, you know, the break you have on that is the audience who will tell you if it's funny or not. But other than that, it's you know, it's all up That's to you.
0: Right. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Well, that look, man. I always say two things you can't. There are a couple things you can't fake: dancing, um, <laughs> sex, fighting, and and comedy. And as you know, we live in a world where where you can you can get away with a lot of stuff. You can you can you can fake it. Say so you make it, but not not with comedy and not with fighting and not with dancing and not with sex. So those are those are the three things I like.
1: That's true. <laughs> Alright, that's a good good philosophy, good thing to keep in perspective for folks. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy, busy day uh, to do this, and uh, hopefully we'll see it uh, Have you been to Cincinnati? before? You've been down to Cincinnati before, have I have to
0: Cincinnati. You? I, I have indeed. So, yeah, yeah, okay,
1: cool. Hope we'll see you back here soon, then, and uh, we'll get you some ink okay. here as well. Cool, man. All right. Well, no uh, good luck to you. We'll be seeing you on the TV uh, more and more, and we'll, uh, we'll direct people to all of your podcasts and stuff uh, from our site, and um, and continue success to, to you, sir.
0: Thank you, sir. I very very much appreciate it, man. I'll see you
1: later. All right. All right, Brian. Thanks a lot.
0: All right, buddy. See you later. Thanks so much.
1: Thanks again to Brian Callen for being on the show. You can catch Brian at the House of Comedy in Bloomington, Minnesota. That's suburban Minneapolis for those of you not in the know. It's right there in the Mall of America. That is, let me see, March 6th through March 9th. Then he's at the Off the Hook Comedy Club in Marco Island, Florida. That is March 27th. The thirtieth, and you can catch him at the Comedy Mix there in Vancouver, BC, April third through April fifth. And then for all other dates uh, for uh, Brian's, go to Brian Brian is with a Y, Callan is C A L L E N. Also, check out his podcasts and all that fun stuff. We'll link to all that stuff on the Podbean page, PF All right, so uh, before I get to the credits, uh, which you probably already know anyway. Um, the the uh, show we're going to do, kind of the special edition show we're going to do periodically. Uh, episode one of that is coming together. I contacted our first guest. He is very excited to do it. He likes the concept. So uh, this is going to be really cool. We'll probably do that in the next week or two, and it's going to be kind of like those special edition episodes we do in the summer when we go on vacation. We do the the music fest ones. But it'll still be PF tape recorder esque, so it'll still be within the universe of PF tape recorder, which I know you all enjoy. So anyway, uh, let me see. So I guess a uh, the, the, uh, tape recorder logo designed by Dan Koble. Follow him at Tiger Dactyl on Twitter. Uh, Logan and Dan's podcast, The Magic Potion, can be found in iTunes. Go to iTunes and search for that. It's a little uh, if you like the tech, but you're kind of a layperson like me. You'll you'll enjoy this. They kind of they they tell you what's new and cool and what to do about it. Let me see. Follow this podcast on Facebook. This look for PF Tape Recorder on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at PF66. Uh, let me see. Oh, music composed and performed by John Veropoulos and Doug O'Connor with a little help from me. I guess other than that, so long and thanks for listening.